Okay. Wait, I'm not ready. I need oh. one more sip. I got, uh, I don't know why I didn't share this in Slack yet, but we, we got a, a, if you're into vodka at all, a mm-hmm. black fig infused vodka, and it's way too good. Well, that sounds good. That's out. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't be telling you that I'm doing that while podcasting, but I'll be fine. Uh, it should podcast better. I have a high, mm-hmm. I have a high mm-hmm. tolerance. I don't think it will even affect me. <laughs> so let's do this, and then I can go back to building my underground palace and Dragon Quest Builders. Hello, and welcome to episode 103 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I am your host, Mike Salbato, and I am here today with three other fantastic panelists, uh, starting with Patrick Gann. Hey, everybody. And do you guys just sit there wondering who I'm going to introduce first and like worried, like, do I have to be on? Is it me? Am I next? <laughs> um, also, Tyler Trosper's here. Hey. And Gio Castillo. Hey. You know, what better way to start this episode than like a weird bit of pressure taking you back to school? Like, am I going to get called on next? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm glad you're all here. Uh, We've been trying to get this episode together for a little while now, but finally the stars and time zones aligned and here we are recording. So I'm really excited about this. I'm actually glad that all of you picked your songs first because it really helped me hone in on what to choose because this is a series with some great music and it would have been hard otherwise. So if you're listening, I'm sure you already know by the title that we are covering the Xeno series today. Um, That basically includes anything that starts with Xeno. Uh, So whether that's Gears or Blade or Saga, um, it, it was fair game for this episode. So everyone here is some fan or another or some level of fan of the series. So uh, I think this is a, the perfect panel for this episode. Um, so before we get into the music, though, I, I want to know, like, why everyone is here. Why are you here? Why are you at RPG Fan? Um, no, why are you Why are you on this episode? Like, what, what drew you to this episode? I mean, obviously, the, they're good games and have good music, but um, let's go Tyler first. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a broken record because you guys have heard me on the uh, Retro Encounter, Xenosaga episodes, the Xeno Draft, and the Xenoblade 3 spoiler episode at this point. Um, but yeah, I uh, I really love the Xeno series. It's been a, a huge part of my life, and um, I absolutely adore the music, no matter what com- which composer. There's there's been several great composers of the series, and I just I just love all the music and everything about the Xeno game. Yeah, that sums it up. And hey, not everyone who listens to this listens to Retro Encounter and vice versa. That's true. So they might not have heard you. And in fact, if you haven't, then yeah, you should check out some recent Xeno uh, Retro Encounter episodes. Yeah. Though don't listen to the spoiler episode in, until you have played Xenoblade uh, 3, or if you don't mind being spoiled, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm, I yeah. do, so I can't listen to it. <laughs> All right. How about you, Pat? What brought you here? Oh, goodness. Um, You know, the PlayStation 1 era was like a very formative time. First of all, just in my life, I was a teenager, right? And then, um, you know, that's when I started really getting into game music. You know, I started, you know, buying my first import CDs, learning about the game music scene, started writing about them on RPG Fan in 99. So um, there are a handful of really, like, standout um, 
soundtracks from that time, uh, both original and arranged albums uh, from that era. And I think Xenogears is like top tier, um, both its original soundtrack and its first arranged album, which we'll be talking about in a bit. Um, and that game, uh, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about um, how music when it hits in the right context with art and story and gameplay, like it does something to you. And uh, Xenogears very much so. Um, probably one of the first games where just reading giant blocks of text with the right music <laughs> attached to it uh, has a, a like a fond place in my memories. Um, so I would say it starts there. And then, you know, I kept with the series pretty well. Um, I actually haven't played Xenoblade 2 and 3 yet, so I'm behind. Uh, you know, I know the older stuff better than the newer, newer stuff. I think I wrote the reviews for the Xenosaga games for our site, at least 2 and 3. I don't know about 1. I don't think I did one for the first episode. But So I love Gears and I love Saga. Um, I definitely loved the first Xenoblade Chronicles, and I've just been slow on the uptake to the others. Well, there's so much game now. I mean, just between those three alone. I know. Yeah. I know. Did you play X? I did play X, and oh. I love the music for X. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited yeah. that we're going to be hearing a bit from it in this episode. Awesome. That leaves you, Geo. Well, I guess I can answer too, but I'll go after you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For me, uh, I I think I have the exact opposite um, perspective from Pat because. I don't. I'm actually here to listen to um, the older music from the older games because uh, I've never played them. I've never played Xeno Gears or Xeno Saga, and all I know is Xenoblade. So, um, I, I so like for two reasons. Like I wanted to hear what um, what the older music sounded like, and also I wanted to bring some songs that I I'm surprised have never been featured before because they're like fan favorites. They're like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil what songs I'm bringing, but like, <laughs> I think um, any Xenoblade music fan knows these songs, and uh, they're, you know, they're famous for a reason. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things. Like, and and I'll talk about this even my first song today. Like, sometimes a lot of us will come into the show and be like, look, we we want to represent, you know, whatever the theme is or this specific game, but we don't want to go with the obvious one, like. If there's an occasion to bring up Final Fantasy VII, like most of us will not bring One Winged Angel because <laughs> everyone knows it. Like you're not, you're not, you're usually not introducing anyone to anything new, so you usually go somewhere else. But like, I think so many of us do that. Then we look at the, our our database of songs, and it's like, wow, it, there's so many moments of why has this not been on the show before? And that's probably why, but it's worth having on. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I also like my impulse is always to bring something that uh, like no one ever talks about, like a, a hidden gem. But I feel like, yeah, if, if, if there was any time to bring these songs to the table, it would be this episode. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm incredibly good at starting games and not finishing them. So uh, luckily I was young enough when, when Xenogears came out that I had finished that one and the first Xenosaga and that's it. Um, so I'm definitely much more familiar with the music because even though I haven't finished two or three or any of the Blade games, um, I have listened to their soundtracks extensively over the years. So that's mm. that's my thing. 
I really, I, I really wish the Saga games. I, I know people keep wanting like some kind of remaster, and Bandai's like, yeah, there's no money in it. But I, I don't know. I just think there could be. Like, did I you think hear, those yeah. three, and oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, like, did you hear about like they're remaking Baten Kaitos instead of Zeno Saga? Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, allegedly, allegedly, which yeah, yeah. is funny. Yeah. If, <laughs> true, even though that I, has great music too. Yes. I would honestly be down for even just like remastered ports of those games they're great mm. games oh yes yeah 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 that would be if that really happens even though i've only seen it on one weird video game site i've never heard of until this week um <laughs> that that would be pretty shocking it was but yeah. probably one of my favorite soundtracks of matoi sakuraba Mm. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't mean to spread misinformation, readers. Like I'm, I know I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm the news guy, so I shouldn't be. <laughs> it's about. an interesting rumor. It's an interesting rumor. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Like fingers crossed. If that's if that same site had said something like early last year that you know Square is going to remake Live Alive, you would never would have believed it either. So that's a good point. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. really, what I'm getting at is, I want Xenogears to be remade in that style. Oh, that'd be amazing! And, oh yeah, yeah. HD two D. I mean, I don't. Would be so I good. don't want everything in that style, but like, I think that one is like built for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I think it really has this identity that if you switched it to like full three D or whatever, it might be. I don't know. I, I think the two D look still works for that game, and you you could still have the same spirit and feeling of the game in HD two D, but then they could also you know do things like fix the text speed and other things so yeah i would like that that's not why we're here today is to speculate on remakes but i I still would love that same but if we're talking about this anyway uh oh man that was a good transition except i wanted to ask one more question before we started (laughs) um okay where 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 do we land on this is it xeno is it zeno because most of my life i said zeno and then i kept being around people that said zeno so i've like switched to that and now you guys are all saying it the other way so no i don't know (laughs) Um, uh, I want to make sure I'm not talking out of my butt. Can I type for like five seconds? No. Really? You can type, you can type for six seconds. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> six seconds. Okay. And yep. I rely on, you know, the great thing about games being released in Japan first is that their titles get written out in Romaji. So you have a pronunciation guide. And it's not Z, it's Z. It's. It's um, yeah, Xenogears. So uh, not Xenogears, Xenogears. I stick with the Japanese, and I, I'm sure if I type in Xenoblade and Xeno Saga, they're both gonna. You know what? I'm gonna test that too. Okay. Xeno Saga. I go with whatever your heart tells you. Yep, Xeno. <laughs> that is also Xeno, and let's go with Blade. It's like when people say. Xenoblade X or Xenoblade Cross? Right. Oh, the X Cross thing is interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure in Japan it is Cross, right? Yeah. It is It is said as Cross in, in Japanese. Uh, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Xeno because that's how the Japanese say it. And they're the ones who made the games. Yeah, that's fine. I, I got so used to like adapting the other way. Now I got to adapt back if I'm in the wrong, so... I don't know. Now I'm going to just switch between both the entire episode. Thanks. 
that's that's totally fair if it happens <laughs> all right i don't know i i just it's an interesting thing that like every few years i feel like I, i'm i tend to be around people that say it one way or the other and it's interesting now that now i'm i'm the one saying it the weird way <laughs> no that question comes up a lot in english as a prefix i mean i think the pronunciation is interchangeable right i i've heard people say xenophobia and xenophobia like mm-hmm. so i mean i think there's a good case to be made that it's interchangeable yeah but Agreed. i'm not afraid i'm not afraid of lucy lawless so i'm not sure what you're all right thank you oh my god i'm like someone better get that okay um Let's let's get back on track here, which I am not doing well at tonight, um, and talk about Xenogears, which is Pat's first song today. Actually, the first block is both of your songs, because I just think they paired well together. My first track is from Xenogears. It's the final dungeon music uh, from the game. In the original soundtrack, it's called The Omen, but I have pulled from the arranged album Xenogears Creed, and uh, it's the opening track to Creed, and that is called Melkaba. Uh, and then after that, the second track I pick is the uh, end credits vocal theme from Xenosaga Episode 1, uh, sung by Joanne Hogg, um, also composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. And that song is called Kokoro. All right, let's go listen then to Melkaba and Kokoro.
All right. Well, those were two beautiful songs. Uh, again, these are, in my mind, seminal pieces from Yasunori Mitsuda's uh, incredible repertoire of work uh, over the years. And of course, uh, Mitsuda handled um, the first two soundtracks in their entirety, Zenogears and Zenosaga Episode 1. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, did some work on Xenoblade as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, just just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, the first one. Um, but yeah, he's the the series and franchise roots uh, are are really in many ways guided by that um, Celtic sound a lot. And, and when I say Celtic sound, I, I do mean a lot of the instrumentation. Um, you know, low whistles, tin whistles, Julian pipes, harps, um, a lot of the stuff that you would expect from Celtic music. He intentionally works in uh, to a lot of uh, those soundtracks more so than other soundtracks that he's famous for like Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross um, so yeah um, hopefully all all our uh, dear friends out there in podcast land uh, got a good sense for what the Millennial Fair is the Millennial Fair is um, the group that did all of the performances uh, on the album Xenogears Creed which was an arranged album released directly after the OST by Squaresoft before they were Square Enix. And um, the Millennial Fair is made up of a hodgepodge group of instrumentalists who play a lot of those instruments that I just talked about. Um, A lot of great percussion instruments as well. And also um, vocalists. Um, And you heard that sort of of chanting and silly sing-songy voices. I love the one part at the end of uh, like a 32 measure phrase, you'll just hear the two girls go, woo! <laughs> like, that's uh, that's not something you're expecting on an Arrange album, but they take this very sort of like, you know, dark and brooding dungeon theme and turn it into a, a bit of a party. Um, it's still a, a very moody uh, party, but a party nonetheless. Um, so that's Melkava. Uh, I, I really, really just sort of dig how they make it so upbeat and so fun. And it's a very long uh, track um, that does a lot of um, building just to knock things over and take it right back to that harp. Just like so good, so smart. Um, so yeah, um, it blew my mind. I think this this album turned me on to the concept of arranged albums when I was a teenager. Um, still one of my favorites. Still have it in my library to this day. Um, probably in my top ten all-time favorite albums, arranged or original. So that gives you an idea of how much I love this one. But I want to hear from the rest of the the rest of the team, the panel. What do you guys think of Melkaba? Uh, I. I am kind of struck by how much it sounds like this other song I know. Um, uh, it's from Eco, the game Eco, like the song You Were There. I don't, you guys know that song? Like, it, oh, yeah. It sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it gives me a lot of that same mysterious, you know, kind of misty vibe. And I also like how it's, you said it was like the final dungeon theme, right? Like it's like a, a version of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, in the Xenoblade games, like Xenoblade 2 and 3, like the final dungeon themes of those games 
are kind of structured like this. Like they build up really slowly, and then they it, it turns into like this grand party with like all these like instruments and you know guitars. Like it's it's like a template for what future Zeno soundtracks would become in a way. Yeah, I definitely hear that. Though I will say, if you listen to the OST version. Uh, the track's called The Omen on the Xenogears OST. Um, it doesn't do nearly as much building. Um, specifically, I don't think it has much in the way of percussion, and it obviously didn't have the vocals. Um, it builds more with... Um, I think it builds more with strings. Um, so it still does the building. This, this takes it to a whole new level, though. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love this. Like, I had the chance to buy Creed like at a convention several years ago, and I'm kicking myself for never buying it and never listening to it until now. Um, but yeah, this this oh my gosh, this song is yeah amazing. It like as you said, it it starts off slow. It takes about two minutes to really pick up, but when it picks up, it it goes hard with those vocals. Um, and then I like how at the end it's like, it's almost like after a workout, it's the cooldown phase and it's slowing down and it's, it's, yeah, I, I love it. Wow. You know, when you brought this on, Pat, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that the, half the panel had heard it before. So that's pretty cool. I like, uh, I was like getting new, new takes or people who've like, I've never heard this before. So, but I guess it's hard. I'm sure it's hard to find now, right? Uh, probably harder. Um, but it was reprinted. Um, by Square Enix, um, the DigiCube version would probably cost you a lot, but the Square Enix reprint, I bet you could still find for thirty or forty dollars if you wanted the CD version. Um, okay. I don't think it's streaming anywhere yet, but if they, I'm sure that if Square Enix even hinted at a remake or a port, um, Square Enix music would get uh, Creed posted on Spotify and everywhere else. Yeah, but um, I, I think. I think someone has a dog. Whoop. Oh, God. I think that's a dog outside. Sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dog just loves uh, the Zeno series, you know. <laughs> We're on board. We agree with the dog. Oh, the dog saying, like, where is my Zeno Saga remaster? <laughs> I agree uh, with you, dog. Geo. Can you pet the dog? Oh, God. it's a. am pretty sure it's like a Siberian Husky. and it, I've met it before. It's uh, It's quite slobbery <laughs> i don't yeah. like touching it <laughs> also if, if it's that uh barky you probably don't want to go over there and try to pet it yeah right now good point um anyway uh it's interesting to me that i think my story is probably it's more it's a little similar to yours pat and i didn't realize that because this is one of the first arranged albums that i also ever bought uh, it might be my first i'm not actually sure about that um but I can't think of one before that, so it might it might have been this one. And um, you know, I, I almost don't want to say this because I don't want to like overly date myself. But I also I think everyone has an idea of how old I am and when I start playing games at this point. So you know, it it for me like musically, this was like a really big moment. Like because I didn't you know I didn't know this was out there. I didn't know that they were even doing this. You know, it was like going from like the NES to the 16-bit era and like the shift in the music landscape was like, oh, wow, like it's, this is so different. There's so much more they can do now. And then, you know, that changed again with PlayStation. And then, you know, it, 
at least for me, once I discovered arrangement albums and just the stuff they were doing, like this is totally not like I don't know, I don't know. It was just it was just such a like moment for me that I was not expecting. Um, just the, the instrumentation and the vocals, um, and uh, I also liked like most of the songs in this album are very long. Like there's not a ton of them, but this song is over seven minutes, and I like that for some of these arrangements because it really gives the song time to to breathe you can like really listen to like every little bit of it and yeah it's um unless unless my time frame is off here and i'm sure you can correct me if i'm wrong here pat um is this the first time like you mitsuda like really really leaned into like celtic music like to this degree or is it just the first time i i knew about it <laughs> no i mean um if you compare it to his OST work on Chrono Trigger and even the Millennial Fair album Brink of Time, which was more of a jazz fusion album, it had a couple of um, tracks that utilized the, you know, what I referred to as sort of the Celtic instrumental stuff. That's low whistles, tin whistles, Yulian pipes, and harp, um, and certain forms of percussion. There's a bit of that on Brink of Time. Yeah. But there from from Chrono Trigger's OST and the Brink of Time Range album, there really isn't much of anything that Mutsuda did from there to Xenogears. I think he worked on um, um, Tobol Number One, which that actually had a he d- had some more like a Celtic and world music stuff there, so it's starting there. Mm, but okay. um, yeah, and the only other thing I can think of that he worked on is like Front Mission Gun Hazard, which certainly that wouldn't have been appropriate to do it. <laughs> no. I don't think he did it all. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, yeah, this is, this was him leaning in very, very hard. Um, you know, so much so that, you know, he, and the other thing about Millennial Fair, if you look up current and former members on BGMDB, um, you'll see that it's a, it's a global group. It wasn't all... I mean, there are plenty of Japanese musicians there, but they pulled in, you know, f- folks from Ireland. They have people from uh, Central and Eastern Europe. They have Americans. There's people from all over. Um, I think there might even be one guy like Southeast Asia, like maybe Indonesia or Thailand. Um, like it's a it's a pretty global group of musicians. Yeah. So like now, uh, Mitsudo works with. Uh this Irish group like Anuna right mm-hmm. and I don't know if the Millennial Fair still exists does he still work with them well they made that they made that chrono album to faraway times um, like five years ago and so they're not like an active group but it's like he can you know he can reassemble them at any time <laughs> he can reassemble them okay, I'm <laughs> yeah, glad you went there like, yeah. news team assemble yeah yeah, so I think there's sort of like a, a standing concept of a group that they don't perform live; they just record albums, and they've done like three or four. I'm glad you brought up Anuna because, like, my, the last thing I was going to note before we move to the next track about like just that style of music and Celtic stuff is that if you haven't le- yet, uh, you should check out the end of Rhythm Encounter episode 101 uh, because that was our bonus track on that episode was something in that style. Ooh. Mm. Tempting. <laughs> All right, so we are 36 minutes into the show, and we've talked about one song. <laughs> Congratulations, All right. everyone. All right. Yes. I'll, I'll try to shorten it, but I have an important 
Oh no, I wasn't picking on you. I'm oh, just okay. I just want to make sure that we all, you know, make it through this. Yes. Yes. Pace ourselves. Yeah. Um all right, so I also uh pulled in Kokoro, which is the end credits vocal track from Xenosaga episode one. Look, I said Z instead of Z. <laughs> um and Yasunori Mitsuda had worked with this vocalist previously on uh, Gears. Her name is Joanne Hogg, uh, and the reason he knew about her is because uh, she is the lead singer of a contemporary Christian Celtic rock band called Iona, uh, who, at least at the time in the late 90s and early 2000s, were very active touring internationally, including playing in Japan. Um, and, you know, regardless of their being associated with a particular religion or theology, um, the quality of the music they do as a band is uh, extremely high, and so lots of people do come out to see them. Um, I actually own, like, six of their albums. Um, I was listening to them before... I had ever heard Xenogears, so oh, wow. um, okay. yes, that's an interesting fact, a fun little factoid. Um, and also, uh, it's never noted, but on all the the two or three, or no, four songs that Joanne Hogg has done with Mitsuda on Xenogears and Xenosaga, um, the guitarist from her band, Dave Bainbridge, also plays on all of them. So it's two members of Iona on those songs, not just Joanne. Um, but she has a very beautiful, very distinct voice. Uh, clearly, uh, she's very clearly from Ireland, but has a very like, um, you know, it's, it's not high, um, or breathy. It's very like powerful coming from that sort of lower to mid bass, even though she can hit the high notes. It's like, there's something very, um, firm about her vocal style. Um, so she had she had done an ending track for Xenogears, which I think most people know more than Kokoro, and that's Small of Two Pieces, and that's a sort of well-known track. And, um, you know, sometimes gets mocked for the goofy lyrical content, which, okay, sure. Uh, but a, it was a powerful end vocal track. And so um, the question is, would they be able to, like, bring back that same energy and power for Xenog Saga Episode 1, and I think if you compare the two songs, uh, Kokoro is a harder sell. However, if you're not listening to the other song and you just listen to Kokoro on its own and think about it as, alright, this is the end song for this game, um, I think it's still a very powerful piece. Um, there's a couple mixing decisions that I don't like. Um, like when they do the, like, uh, the unison layering... Like, I don't want to hear the same person's voice twice just delayed a quarter second. Um, like, give me harmony or give me, like, a single tone. Like, I hate that stuff. Um, but that's just me. I guess some people think it's a cool effect. I really don't like it on the chorus. You can hear it in the chorus. Um, I think course, course two, this, the first repeat of the chorus, you hear it really clearly. Um, when she sings, like, the phrase, you and I, like, I just... I can't. Uh, <laughs> Why did you bring it? Because <laughs> other than that bit... Okay, okay. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite songs. I love listening to this track. Uh, it's It still has the 
power to make me tear up. I think the verses are stronger than the chorus. Mm -hmm. um, just that opening little melodic cut, da -na -na, da -na -da -na, like that dip. Um, I think the the verses, uh, despite her having a completely different tenor than uh, the vocals I'm about to compare her to, I think melodically it reminds me of something Hikaru Utada would do. And okay. so I really like the verses for that. It feels less Celtic-y than Small of Two Pieces, but I still think it, it you know, it shows her her roots well enough. She's still, I think, uh, within her wheelhouse here. But yeah, melodically, it feels more like a traditional ballad. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's pretty. I like it. I really like it too. Um, yeah, because uh, in a ways, it, it I definitely see the DNA from because um, it reminded me like when I heard uh, Melkaba, it reminded. Uh, like the pipes, it really reminded me of that. But Kokoro is a lot, lot more melancholic than uh, Melkaba, and it. I just have a lot of fond memories because I actually listened to Kokoro for, first, so I have stronger ties to it than some of the other Joanne uh, Hog songs. But uh, it still, it still really hits hard in the Kokoro for me. For those who don't get the joke, that's the <laughs> Japanese word for heart. Yes, well done. I knew I knew it would come up at some point. I just wasn't sure who would do it. That was well well played, Tyler. Well played. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I haven't actually listened to this one in many years, but I it for me it still holds up. I wrote out way too many notes on this one, which I don't think I, I'm looking at them again. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to talk about all this stuff. Mostly, I just. The short version of my notes were that I think it's interesting looking back now how at the time they were they were in a way promoting this as much as they could as like, hey, like this is a prequel to a game we can't talk about because that's by another publisher and it doesn't have those characters, but it has some themes and it's sort of related because there's some similar people. And like one of the things they did, of course, is they got Mitsuda and they got Joanne. Or rather, I assume Mitsuda brought Joanne specifically, but yes. uh, yeah. Um, so like that was another way that was for me, like that was a really strong connection between the two, because I feel like the songs here and the songs in Venom Gears, they have they have a similar sound. So it was a good way of tying them together when obviously Bandai Namco like could do very little. Really, they couldn't really put characters from Xenogears. They just had to be like, yeah, you know, that other game. Um, so I thought it was interesting, like looking back now, that at the time they were pushing one as like related to Zeno Gears, but then eventually they they went on, especially musically, and made it its own thing and got away from that uh, direct comparison. So I mean, I like both. I like I like I love the music in this one, and even though it's a, a different style and uh, method in the later games, I think it all works. I just think it's interesting that the big shift between one and then two and three. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm just happy to hear this for the first time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you have any way of getting the game, uh, they're probably worth playing. But I know they're all hard to find now. Hey, if you if if you come hang out in the U.S., Geo, I still got my copy of all three games in the, in the Saga trilogy. Same. <laughs> you know, I have a feeling uh, Tin has a copy of this game. I might I might be wrong, but she's she's like a collector, so. She probably has. Oh, should ask her. Good on her then. Yeah, that's probably a little closer. I mean, if you don't want to hang out with yeah. that, then that's fine. <laughs> Shame yeah, on you. <laughs> I just don't know when. I, I'd love to. I'd love to meet all of you. I'm, I'm jealous. All you, all you guys get to work together and go to 
conventions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was my block. It was that a was, good, that was good your classic block. block. Yeah. I, I almost set this up. Uh, I originally set this up just to see what would happen if I laid them all out chronologically, and it almost sort of worked. Um, but then I shifted some things around. But I still like those two together, so that's that's where we started. Um, but hey, speaking of other games in the Xenosaga series, let's let's jump into Tyler's first song. So what are we going to now? All right. Uh, my first pick is uh, God Sib from Xenosaga Episode 3 by Yuki Kajiura. And it's a really amazing boss battle track from the game. Well, that's a good choice. Hey, you know what? Maybe I will also bring something from Yuki Kajira that is, I think, a boss battle. Or at least it seems like it should be. Technically, yeah, in episode three it's used. But it's a little, little different. But yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so after that, I have my first song, which is Fatal Fight, Jin and Mar- Margulis. Is it Margulis? Margulis, Margulis. So, yeah. That's yeah. how they say in the English voice acting cool uh, from Xenosaga episode two so yeah let's go check out Godzip and fatal fight and we will be right back
Um, so yeah, uh, God Seb, um, I just, um, I remember hearing this track in some of the, the trailers before the game came out, and, like, in general, Yuki Kaijura went really hard in the boss battle themes in Xenosoft Set 3, so a lot, for God Seb especially, I didn't expect it to be a boss battle theme, I thought it'd be some epic cutscene of some sort, but, um, it's just a really chaotic, um, just a really good song for a pivotal fight uh probably about halfway or more into the game um and so i know at least uh some people compare it make comparisons to like zanza the, the divine from xenoblade chronicles uh, it's i mean it's as mike mentioned off the air it's very reminiscent of god Civ in a way but it's they're they're yeah there there's a lot of differences between the two songs but it, it's it's still kind of interesting to compare the two together and yeah i just i just really love god's it yeah it's it's one of my favorites on, on an album that's really just full of favorites mm-hmm. um, I, I like it when when a song can convey like this is a really good example of a song that can convey a really strong sense of, of tension and foreboding without mm-hmm. really having that traditional like foreboding sound to it like mm-hmm. the tempo is just slow enough that it, it just it adds this real like real weight mm-hmm. like every note has this weight to it um although my favorite part is the the bridge and i'm using a musical term and i actually had to look it up and make sure i was using it right because i'm really trying to be better <laughs> about that um but yes the the bridge where like when that ends about the two minute mark and the last part of the song kicks in it's just it's just so good like it's just really just a satisfying like increase in like uh intensity so yeah Good choice. It uh, it's a different composer, like it's huge Yuki Kajira, but uh, it's um, it has like this a lot of the same DNA as like in a song from Xenoblade or Xenogears. It's a pretty consistent like the the instruments it uses and like the the way it, the song sounds. It could very well fit in Xenoblade One. I think I, I find that really cool. Like there's like a I know Xenoblade, uh, the Xeno series, like the music is has is so diverse, but um, it it's if it's cool to me that there's like this through line of like um, the way the choir sounds, like the guitar, like there are songs in Xenoblade that sound like this. <laughs> I, I find yeah. it, yeah. No, I can, yeah, I can see that. I don't usually listen to like these ones and then the Blade games like back to back, but I think. I think there is something to that. I think each of the sub-series does have their own like musical identity, mostly, but you know, it's kind of like how the first saga like has a lot of overlap with Xenogears for obvious reasons. But it's interesting that th- this one, some of these do with the other games, even though there is no overlapping composers. Um, an interesting thing to point out, I, at least for Xenos Episode 3, because I was trying to, I wanted to double check, but... Um, Tetsuya Takahashi was credited as like a music composer, or not m- music composer, music coordinator. Um, oh, okay. Um, and supervisor, so that might be where some of the DNA came in when it came to, like, I don't know, working with Yuki Kaiju. Yeah, I can see that. You had mentioned Tyler. I think you'd used the word cinematic, and like mm-hmm. that, like you could almost see this more for a cutscene than a battle. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the case for a lot of tracks on episode three mm-hmm. oh yeah even more so than two two has yes. a lot as well but um a track that i almost brought on and t- 
until I realized we had actually used it uh, fairly recently uh, was Hepatica Cosmos, mm. which is another beautiful song. That's a very slow song, uh, and it's a vocal track, and it feels like it ought to be an event theme or cutscene, and it's actually a battle theme, mm-hmm. um, which is like just so great. So Yuki Kajiura, like I feel like, yeah, with with her working with Tetsuya Takahashi, I mean, that suggests to me Takahashi's thinking. All right, I want to use a song here in this place. And Kajir is like, well, how about instead of the typical battle theme you would expect, how about this like epic grand gesture of a song? And he's like, yeah, I'm digging it. Let's let's break the mold of the JRPG like musical formula. And that's really how I feel about um, episodes two and three, the Yuki Kajira albums. They, I think they. They did a lot in mold breaking, and especially with battle themes. And I think God Sib is a really good example of that. So, thanks for bringing it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, hey, if you like her music, uh, I have good news for you because we're going to keep talking about her music. <laughs> good. Uh, you know, it a short throwback to the beginning. Like this is one of those songs that I thought for sure we had had on the on Rhythm Encounter before, so I didn't think it would be an option. But well, here we are. Um, we did have the the version of this from Xenosaga three, um, but whatever. That was a very long time ago. In fact, it was. Let me look. That was in episode seven, which I think probably puts that at like I don't know twenty fourteen. So I think it's been long enough. Um, yeah. So this is this is one of the first songs we heard from the game, or at least the first one that I remember hearing from the game, like in in trailers and stuff. Although I don't remember even what we were watching, how we were watching trailers back then. Little thumbnail videos, because that's all we could load. Um, but, um, Cinematech on G4. <laughs> that's I recorded that uh, trailer that had Fatal Fight and Communication Breakdown. Yes. And I'm on VHS, and I watched that trailer over and over again before I had internet. Uh, go on, okay, sorry. That, no, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I love that you recorded that. Uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember just because, uh, you know, this was actually just so long ago at this point, which is weird to think about for a game like this, but I don't remember if I was familiar with her before, or if this was my introduction to her music, um, only because, you know, a lot of what her work was in anime and I don't watch a lot of anime. Um, so whether it was this or before, I was, I also am really familiar with her work, um, original album fiction I mean she has a few of them now but at the time um, that was it just really kind of like opened my my mind up to like her music and like I I just adore her stuff now so it was one of those things where it was sad that Mitsuda wasn't coming back for this game but once I started listening to this song and other songs I'm like you know what Uh, I think I'm okay yeah I think you and I Mike probably had a very similar experience there um but they announced episode two and you know we were learning what the game was all about and one of the things we learned was oh Mitsuda's not back on this project um I remember being frustrated and a little disappointed uh and then yeah trailers <laughs> and then oh Yuki Kajira is actually like a genius and an incredibly strong composer she's so good yeah yeah and I think there's a reason not just in terms of the story 
uh, why Jin and Margulis had two forms, one on episode two and one on episode three. I don't think it was just because their, um, you know, their, uh, I don't want to call it rivalry, it's more like hero and villain, gosh, what do you call that? <laughs> uh, when it's not rivalry, but it's more like, like, mortal enemy. Yeah, how about mortal enemy? <laughs> They're like, Jin and Margulis are like mortal enemies, like friends turned enemies. Frenemies. Yeah. Uh, having the song written for episode two and then uh, reused for episode three with, you know, changes in arrangement. Um, I don't think there's any question that part of why that happened is because uh, this song, when it was first written for episode two, was just so gosh darn good. Um, it, it really does stand out and sort of hold uh, melodically. I think it has a bit of that earworm quality to it that really you only need about you know 10 minutes worth of looping and, and you're really not going to forget the way this song sounds in the future yeah um like this this one sticks pretty easily um so it's it's probably one of the one of the easier songs to remember from episode two um quick while we're talking about episode two though i just want to quickly lament <laughs> episode two had a significant amount of composition from another yes person. yes i'm glad you brought that up oh shinji, shinji hosoe did like half of the work for the soundtrack and that's why when you look at the ost and the cover art on it the title of the album says yuki kajiura selections mm-hmm. um there was some issue with um the rights being put together with the way that um Shinji Hosoe had been contracted with Namco, but was working to go freelance within that same year. Um, and so there has never been the the Hosoe side of two, which is more the electronic synthy side, uh, which I actually really like. It's a when you play the game, you can notice there's like two mm. distinct soundscapes mm. going on in yeah. this game. Uh, and the Hosoe side has never been uh, officially published as a soundtrack. Um, but there's always hope. I mean, his record label, Super Sweep, did publish a Zero Time Dilemma soundtrack six years after the fact, and they <laughs> published, uh, you know, the Glory of Heracles uh, series uh, as a box set, like 25 to 30 years after the fact. So, you know, maybe someday. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, uh, even though I hate having a lack of completion in my music sets um there's no question kajira's music is freaking good and that's no reason not to listen to uh her work on episode two it's just a bummer that we can't have it all officially published i'm sure if you get on youtube you can find the game audio just fine yeah all right so we gotta uh, when we're done here let's start like a xeno series like a bingo card so we're gonna have uh, <laughs> the other half of saga 2 soundtrack come out uh remasters of the saga games a remake of gears um and and then and then and then x released on switch yeah huh. and uh and an official uh digital only like itunes release of the pied piper soundtrack thank you thank you i'm, I'm so mad no one brought that on today i'm not actually mad <laughs> it's just it's just one of the one of the oddball side games in the series that I just I don't know 
it just entertains me that it exists. Weird ones like Pied Piper and uh, what was the other one? Like the DS version of one and two, yeah, which is such a strange, DS. strange remake. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a weird choice for a. Uh, it's like a demake. Yeah. Which, if you ever read the fan translation of Pied Piper, I really recommend it. It's really good. Oh, it actually is. Yeah. Okay. It's all. It's all about. It's it's Ziggy's mm-hmm. uh, backstory, right? Yes. Okay. It is well, all I'm about Ziggy a hundred years earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's supremely interesting. I've always mm. wanted to like learn more about what happens in those games or in that mobile game. Yeah. Well, before you do, let's talk about some more music. Heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So I was going for a segue there to Xenoblade Chronicles X. So the, now it's a really, really forced segue. So my next song is from Xenoblade Chronicles X, or Cross, if you choose to call it. That. I was going to say we could cross over to the next song. I don't know. Oh, you could, <laughs> but I'm not going to say cross. I'm going to say X. You could X over. You could X over, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I could have picked one of the incredibly bizarrely named songs in this one instead i just picked one that's a little weird so it's re colon r x a r r x rearrange we could just say rearrange but no no that's that's how we're going to spell this one (laughs) so re r x from xenoblade chronicles x and then geo you finally get to bring a song on yeah uh, i'm bringing a mechanical rhythm from xenoblade chronicles the definitive version of the song Awesome. All right. Well, let's go listen to Xenoblade Chronicles X and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive.
Oh boy, it's the weird one. Um, <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles. That yes, that was actually in my notes. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X is definitely the outlier in the series. Um, like, like right now, it's the only one of the four of them you can't play on Switch. It, it's completely different in terms of like the way the story is presented. Like, it's not character narrative driven, or at least not in the same way that the other ones are. Um, it the music is completely unlike all of the others, you know, by uh, a, a person who at the time you mostly just heard referred to as like, oh, this is the one with the music from the Attack on Titan guy. Um, and boy, boy, is it a divisive soundtrack. I was actually looking up the track names because the track names are bizarre, which I guess is just something Sawano does with his track names. Um, and like the track names I have on my my copy in iTunes is different than what I saw on VGMDB, like because they're more nonsense tracks. So I'm like, I, I looked at the the discussion tab on VGMDB, which I usually don't see 105 posts on the discussion thing, and they're all from 2015 before the game came out. And I don't even, I usually don't even see like like people getting angry and like arguing with each other or like complaining about music on that site because. That's just not usually what's there, but boy, people were really mad about this one. Um, I don't really know if people are still actively angry about it, but I do know that it it just it hits so different from the other games that there's so many songs in here that you just you could really like them or just really hate them. And um, I mean, even me, like uh, some of the things I heard when I first when they first started coming out, like there were there were some songs I really didn't like, but a lot of them have actually grown on me. Um, once I accepted, like, that they're doing something different here. And, like, some of my favorite songs in this series are from X. Um, so this one, this one is a good, it, it's like a rearrange. It's weird that there's a rearrangement on the original album, but it's like an arrangement medley of, like, the main theme and some other themes. And it's just, I think it's a good introduction to the soundtrack. It gives you an idea of a lot of what you can expect to hear like especially in the area in the in the field areas of the game like it's just it's just huge it's just big and epic it has this industrial sound um it's just i don't know it, i just adore this so much so uh, is it a cut cutscene song or is it like a field song you know it i haven't played it since well it was it's only on the wii u so i don't remember if this is something it plays on the field or if it's even i'm sure it's in the game somewhere i just can't remember where it might be yeah. one of the field songs, or at least it's a version. Yeah, it has in-game use. It isn't just like a cutscene. Yeah, I just can't track. remember where. I can't remember exactly where. But I mean, like some of the area themes like are this same level of energy. Mm -hmm. So you know, I really like Hiroyuki Sawano. I I think he has a ton of range. Um, you know, yeah, people go, oh yeah, the Attack on Titan guy, and yeah, if you listen across those soundtracks like there is a lot of range there as well um and if i'm not mistaken he also that's the end credits orchestral piece from metroid other m which is the only thing about other m worth celebrating um <laughs> one of two things oh what's the other thing the other thing is the actual last boss in the game which makes up for a lot of the game's problems for me anyway. I, I i actually will give you that i like that part too yeah but okay um, go on yeah, that song is this very like sweeping orchestral track that feels very traditional, and so it's it's funny looking looking back from that to what he did on Xenoblade Chronicles X Cross X Cross. Um, 
like, yeah, the word industrial. I can't help but think that someone asked him and directed him to make music that sounded this way. Because if if they wanted him to do more sort of melodically driven and orchestral work, he would have just done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, this was this was a direction that was clearly asked by the developers of Suwano, go this route and let's see what we get. And I think, you know, even with, you know, if you go deep into that soundtrack, there are some tracks that are, depending on your sensibilities, uh, they border on unlistenable. Uh, (laughs) You don't like the new Los Angeles theme, do you? (laughs) I, I, I said, depending on your sensibilities, I'm not necessarily one of those people. But I'm trying to, you know, think about, you know, everyone has different tastes. And I think there's, it's easy to want to reject this whole soundtrack outright. And it's easy to also cherry pick and say which ones are like, uh. Mm-hmm. uh I think this track, RRX, um, <laughs> is actually, you know, a, a, a good starting place for someone who wants to give this very different soundtrack a chance because again we talked about whether it's Mitsuda or Kajiura or as we see coming up the Ace team and others who worked on the Xenoblade Chronicles trilogy um, there does seem to be a unifying sort of soundscape and uh, Solano's work on X is not part of that unified soundscape at all whatsoever (laughs) Uh, it is it is the odd one out, um, but if you can appreciate it for what it is, I think it's I think it's honestly I think it's fun. Like I know this this isn't like a fun like bouncy go get them kind of track, but like if you can choose to have fun with what you're listening to, like there's a lot to explore, and that's I think that's how I feel about the whole soundtrack. Yeah, I agree um, with you there because um, yeah, the the sound I I really love the soundtrack for X. Um, and yeah, as you said, it's, it's a fun soundtrack. There's some songs that are a little silly, but they're, they're still really catchy. Um, this, this song, um, I'm going to say that word cinematic again. Um, it, it reminded me like, I don't know, of a score you'd hear like in a a movie almost. Um, but, um, yeah, this, yeah, that's what I think about when I hear this song in particular. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to attempt the segue. Uh, I mean, you said industrial earlier, Pat, and um, if any, if there's any word to describe the song I picked, it would be industrial <laughs> for me, like uh, mechanical rhythm. Uh, uh, it's a song that kind of describes, uh, uh, perfectly describes the setting of where this battle theme starts to come up. And uh, yeah, I mean, whoops, I think I, I did I go too soon? <laughs> No, it's up to you. Yeah. Oh, you can jump. Yeah. You can jump into it if you want. Did you did, actually? Did you did you play X? I'm just curious. I, I was going to ask everyone. Okay, <laughs> have it. I feel like you guys said everything I wanted to say. Yeah, no, that's it's, okay. It's, it's the one least likely to have people playing it. Playing it, you know. Yeah, I've never even touched the Wii U. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, if you come out to visit us, yeah, I'll, I'll let you touch. Actually, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> not where it's being not where it's being recorded. What's with the innuendos this episode? <laughs> I I look, I did not name the thing the Wii, alright? 
<laughs> that wasn't my choice. And you were the one talking about touching it. So, okay, I, I can't help you. Hmm. So, I mean, like, anyway, um, I, I, the reason I brought, the reason I love this song is because it does a thing that I, I only hear in the Xenoblade soundtracks, which is like a, a some sort of like key change or like switching of gears, like from like it sound like the song's going one way and then the, you know the, like it suddenly it, it switches like it turns like into this like grand sweeping like oh yeah like like um uh uh like a triumphant sounding song and like uh, like uh, i i think it's like it's it's so perfect because like that's the way battles tend to play out in xenoblade like you're 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 on the you're on the ropes you're gonna lose and then all of a sudden like you you manage like a chain attack or something and you pull it off it's so uh it's so good there's nothing quite like a xenoblade battle theme <laughs> And, oh yeah, uh, this this song go, goes hard. The song goes hard. Um, it uh, there's this guy like there's this YouTuber like who reacts to um, music, like that's his um, gimmick. Uh, his name's like Jesse's Auditorium, and like he reacted to this song, and it was his reaction was so, oh man, it was so. I loved it. Like he is like it's one of his favorite songs he's ever reacted to, and like it. Like the way like he talks about like how the guitar like like the way it's the song is produced like it the guitar just like perfect like it it's it's so dynamic like the way like in the chorus like I don't know like it's so it's so like I it's so it's so energetic like I love it like I listen to the song all the time like at work it's so yeah it just makes me feel so good yeah yeah yeah. I mean, just battle music in, in the Xenoblade games, period. Like, I just, I enjoy all of them. So, yeah, this is definitely one of the standout ones. Also, if you can, can you give me a link or give us a link to the that channel? Because yeah. yeah. I, I want to put that in the show notes now because that sounds like fun. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, I was curious who it was going to be if I recognized them because there's a, there's a guy I watch a bunch. Uh, his channel is Marco Meatball. Um, and I, I fell into it because he does do music reactions whenever there's new songs in Final Fantasy 14 but he does he does a lot of stuff um, he does Genshin Impact and some other things too and he's uh, he, he's an actual opera singer so I really think it's interesting getting his perspective on stuff like this especially when oh, vocals yeah, are I've, involved I've seen him and he's I've so seen good. Him, I've seen him not for 14 but for Genshin Impact um, one of my teen children is a big Genshin Impact fan okay I wish I knew the music better. I'd love to do a, a whole episode on Genshin Impact music because it's actually like stupidly good if you take the time. It, everything I've heard, yeah, I just haven't yeah. played it myself either. Yeah, but I've seen I've seen Marco Meeple's Genshin Impact videos. They're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, real quick, uh, my thoughts on mechanical rhythm. Uh, yeah, driven percussive battle themes can always sound good uh, if you know what you're doing. I think you know the Ace Sound Team. Uh, well before they got to Xenoblade, um, have known what they're doing for a long time. And so um, one thing that you can do with a sort of more, uh, I think, Gio, you had used the word industrial after I used it, referring to Sawano, um, with that more sort of industrial, uh, sort of pulsating sound, 
is you can go for really pristine, polished production. Like, like really working to make sure every sound you make comes out just so clean, so crisp. Timing matters so much. There's, there's, from a, from an engineering and mixing perspective, um, this stuff takes a lot of work to make it sound good. A lot of people aren't familiar with that behind the scenes work. And honestly, it's, it is the aspect of, of game music production that I know least about is, is mixing and engineering. But I hear a track like Mechanical Rhythm and I go, a lot of work was, was done on this beyond the source composition to make it sound this good. And that deserves being to be recognized and honored for what it is. Yeah, 100%. And it's the reason why I picked um, this version over the original, because the uh, this one just really, like, they really spit shine the production here in a way that the original doesn't quite convey. Like, it doesn't, it's not quite the same. Although the original is still really good. I think I know people who prefer that version over this one. I just feel like this one really fits, yeah, that, that, industrial ethos i guess of like getting to make it really precise and polished up yeah yeah it's very crisp (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah all right well that brings us to our last block today so we're we're keeping with the theme in this last block here uh so tyler what is coming up next all right so for my uh next pick um i chose uh morardane roaming the waste from xenoblade chronicles 2 uh composed by Kenji Hiramatsu, and it's just a, it's, yeah, it's the field music for the Moardane uh, continent. And, okay. And, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to, I thought like I had to introduce mine. Well, you do. Yeah. I oh. was, was going to give you it, but I should let you uh, take the lead there. Go ahead. Introduce your song, Gio. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm, I'm bringing a uh, battle Torna from Xenoblade Chronicles Two: the golden country, which is like the prequel to Xenoblade Chronicles two. Right. It's like DLC, right? Yeah, although like you can kind of play it on its own. Like you can buy the game without. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, there was a physical copy for it. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a standalone prequel. Wow, I'm learning new things today. Yeah, like I mean, I think wasn't it released like as DLC, but you could also buy it separate. Like you could buy it as a the expansion. Either, either or, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. I'm guessing when the whatever it is, the big story DLC for three comes out this fall. I'm, I'm betting they're going to do the same thing. I have a I, feeling. Yeah, yeah, I bet so too. Yeah, which is great. I mean, that's. I, I think Nintendo's usually pretty good about their DLC. Like they give you something really worthwhile, so that'll be exciting. Um, but anyway, uh, we're not talking about three right now, at least not yet. Uh, let's go listen to more Ardane and Battle from both from Xenoblade Chronicles two.
Yeah, I chose uh, More Ordain, Roaming the Ways. It's one of my favorite tracks in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's just like uh, this very fun and boisterous uh, track that's, it's it's almost campy in how, like, I don't know, the I don't want to say theatrical, but it's it's just, it's a very fun song, and it easily made me love uh, uh, the, uh, well, I said continent earlier, but it's more a, a titan, uh, the more I dang, uh titan, and it's a, a track that I um, never get tired of listening to. Yeah, I think for me, you know, as much as we were talking about how super rad um, the mechanical rhythm track was on Xenoblade Chronicles, and I and I do really love battle themes. I also love the next track we're going to be talking about. But for me, uh, across the trilogy, um, the the field tracks are where it's at for me. I can mm. get lost in them. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy them, and I and I think uh, specifically uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two has some of my favorite field themes, and Moradain might be at the top for me. Um, there's one other, the name of which is escaping me right now. But um, yeah, Moradain Wastelands is like legit. Like I can just vibe out to this one for a long time. Yeah, it's probably my second favorite. Um... Uh, field theme in the game, and yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 really brings it in terms of like field themes. Like, oh man, the sense of exploration in that game is just helped so much by the strength of the of the field themes. Like, they're so diverse too. Like, there's like Uriah. I don't know if that's the one you're referring to, Patrick, but like, I think that is the one that the one that stands out as my favorite. Yeah, yeah, that's mine too. It's uh, it's so like it's so diverse. Like that one's like this more of like a um, uh, for lack of a better term, like Studio Ghibli esque feel, like yeah, it feels yeah. like a, a piece that Joe Hisaishi would have written. Yeah, yeah. it has yeah. those stacked forts and the strings. Yeah, mm. and this one is like uh, um, I can't maybe, I can't unhear it, so I'm gonna be the one to say it. But it sounds like Thriller, like Michael Jackson. I, I know it's not an original thought, but like I I hear it like in the first part, and then I, oh, my boy. friend, told, yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard that comparison before. I didn't, and yeah. now I got it. Now I gotta go listen again. But go on, sorry. <laughs> and my friend told me like it. Uh, another part sounds like um, what's the song? Dancing Queen by ABBA. But I, I don't hear it. I don't hear that much of it. Yeah, well, I think I think there is sort of a, a bit of a disco pop vibe uh, to it. Like it's it's like almost like disco orchestra kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like the aesthetic a lot, you know. The, you know, the Persona games have dabbled in this soundscape as well, and you know, it generally goes well. So yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just sorry, I just listened really quick, like the first eighteen seconds. I'm like, oh, okay. Now that I'm listening for it, yeah, I, I hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's there. If Thriller was a big epic song in Xenoblade, uh, it would be. It would sound like this. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah I all this, all the zombies are titans now, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I think it's just, um, it's definitely a song to remember. You don't really forget it once you hear it. Mm-hmm. I, I almost think we could do a future episode, um, like to really, like just, like almost a follow up to this one. Just pick 
field themes from the Xenoblade games. Ooh. Just those just those four yeah. games and just field themes because they're and I mean include X in that too, but they are so good. I mean, you know that one of the reasons, and I know this is not an original problem, but one of the reasons I, I've still not finished the first Xenoblade Chronicles because I've gone, I've started it twice, is I'm I'm way too much of a completionist, and that's dangerous for those games. Like I really do want to do all the side quests, but at the same, not only just to complete them, but because I really just enjoy spending time in these areas and hearing these songs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, I mean they're. I guess I guess if we keep going, we're just going to keep saying all of the music is good because we're like, oh yeah, like the battle themes are always top tier, but also the field themes are always top tier. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it's true. Like, not I don't know of many RPG series that are so consistently good in that area because like a lot of times, not a lot, but like it, there are games where like the field themes are really meant to be more background. It's just it's a thing you don't really pay attention to. You're running around like that's fine. Um, but that is just not the case with these ones, and I love them for that. Yeah, it's rare where you find that those soundtracks that uh, go for quantity and quality. Uh, and I think Xenoblade has consistently, as a trilogy, shown that you can do quantity and quality. Just need the right people. Right. Yeah. I mean, the fact they do like day and night versions of these songs says it yeah. all. Like, they take the time to do mm. that. Yeah. And they're all distinct from each other. It's not just like a slower version of the song. Like, there's like a, a track, Tantel, from this game. And the day version is so different from the night version. The night version is like this really cool, like almost new wavy song. Oh, God. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one of, um, let's see, I don't remember. Oh, no. It was a background song. All right. Well, in a future episode, on one of my favorite favorite themes was not a night theme wow that's a bad segue anyway there's a zone there's one zone in xenoblade x i'm going to say it because i already started but where they have day and night themes for all the zones and one of my favorite ones is one of the zones is basically reversed because everything in that area like most of the monsters and stuff are kind of dormant during the daytime but everything comes out at night. So that one area actually has the nighttime theme is the really lively one. And the daytime is really, really mellow. And I guess that's not really what you were saying, but it's another example of like a, a really good contrast, but also an opposite your expectations. Yeah. They never really go there. Like the way the songs are composed never really goes how you expect, which is cool. Like I, n- yeah. I never would have pegged more Ardeen this, you know, have to sound like this. Yeah, like if you know how the place looks, like it's just a barren desert, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's this bearing empire, and then it's just got this like show toony like theme, and it's just, yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess brings me to I guess I can talk about what I'm bringing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, this is a I'm bringing Battle Torna, which is a um, you know I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is one of the, the most listened to songs if going by YouTube views, which is like fair. Like it's um, this, it's so good. It's so good. It's this jazz fusion thing that goes on so long. It goes to so many places. Like my favorite part in this song is like this jazz break, like where the rhythm section just goes crazy. Like the piano, the drums, like they're going nuts and. Man, I just never get tired of it. 
it's, it's perfect driving music too. It sounds very fun when you're going fast <laughs> on the highway. Um, it and I think like um, I think Kenji Hiramatsu. This is like his signature style. He makes these really bouncy, dancey songs, and like he kind of takes charge on the battle themes, like moving forward, like. A lot of the future themes, like in uh, Future Connected and Xenoblade Chronicles, three, they sound like this. Like they sound like have they have this kind of uh, instrumentation and vibe, and I, I love it. Can't get enough of it. Yeah, I actually had in my notes um, that my the part of the song that like always uh, like catches me off guard in a good way is the. Uh, the improv section with the piano and the drums. Um, I think as far as jazz music goes, there's nothing, I mean, as a pianist, there's nothing I like more than um, being able to just just play against a really good percussionist and just, like, have a great time. And um, it's so neat when you have this large sort of jazz sound with lots of instrumentalists and then suddenly we cut back and it's just... Yeah, that part always hits me. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's such a like upbeat. Um, it, it get it gets you well, it gets you jazzed for the battle, um, and uh, it's easily one of my favorite songs in the Torn of the Golden Country and Set of Blade Two. It's 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 just right up there. It's, yeah, no, I mean I can see why. I had a lot of game to get to before I get to Torna, but this is definitely making me want to <laughs> want to get back in there. Well, that is, uh, at least outside of our bonus track, uh, that is a great high note to end this episode on. So, this this was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you guys for all your songs today. I think it's been it's been cool going from everything from twenty oh geez, when Sino Gears, uh, nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety eight until today. So that's that's a long history of music this series has. Yeah, it's the same as our site. It's twenty five years. Oh my gosh, you're right. Cool. RPG fans been al- uh, along for the entire Zeno ride. That's true. That's true. And that's the next. That's the next series of games. I'm calling it now. Zeno ride. It's going to be a <laughs> racing RPG hybrid, like Racing Lagoon. Uh, it's like uh, you thought they were going to bring back Racing Lagoon, but no. <laughs> Zeno ride. You, you reminded me of this like game, like this obscure Vita game, like Drive Girls. Have you ever heard of that? Like, it's like. About, Actually, it's like yes. A, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just dumb as hell. Like I've always wanted to play it. Like man, I I think it came out in English because I think that's the only reason I know about it. But I can't remember who published it. Yeah. Actually, do we cover it? I don't. I don't remember if it's an RPG or just like a. I don't know. Session. I just it I, it just struck me as like oh yes I I have heard of that but I don't remember anything about it. Because that's the one where the girls turn into cars or they are cars or something like that. Yeah, yeah so are the right? cars that turn into girls or girls that turn into cars? I don't know. Chicken or the egg kind of situation, I guess. I mean, I guess, you know, it's like a transformer. Like, what is its default state? Is it, does it really have one or does it just have two states? No. I think it's more like an Animorphs situation. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll look and see if we need to go back and do like a retro review of Drive Girls if we cover it or not. Uh, I don't think that we do, but hey, if we do, I guess you just signed up for reviewing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you, you said you enjoyed it, or, or rather, I I think I would if I played it. But 
Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I guess I won't make you review it. I'll just make you review some music instead. Yeah. Yeah. Got to make good in that. Yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. I think we've been here long enough that we should wrap up, but I had a I had a good time and I think you all did too. So, again, thank you for being here. Um so like I I like to do at the end of every episode, I like to call out games that made their debut on Rhythm Encounter, which is actually not a lot today because almost everything here has been on the show before in some capacity. Um, uh, this is actually the first time we had a song specifically from the definitive edition of Xenoblade Chronicles, though. So that we're going to count that one as a debut. And the first Ooh. time anyone brought on a song from Torna. So those are our two debuts Ooh. for this episode. Um, otherwise, actually, I'm going to I want to check this right now. I should have checked this before, but we have featured <laughs> 47 songs from the Xeno series in, in the history of the show. Darn right, wow. we have. Yeah. It's good music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, but, you know, when you think about how many songs exist between them, that's really just a drop in the bucket. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so, coming next, I feel like the last few episodes, because we've shuffled things around, I keep any episode saying that the next one is the Xeno, so- the Xeno episode. Just, just kidding. But the next time really is the Xeno episode. Now we've done it, so I finally get to say something else. So, uh, coming up next presumably in this order uh in a couple weeks we're going to be doing an episode about hitoshi sakamoto's music which i am personally very excited about and then a couple weeks after that we're doing springtime rpg themes which no one has picked music for that yet so i don't know what's coming up but i think it's going to be a fun one it's it's not a topic we've done before we've done we've done summer and we've done winter and we have not done spring or fall yet so i thought it'd be fun to have all the seasons covered so if you enjoyed this episode, if you have some feedback, if you have topic ideas, um, anything else you want to let us know, uh, you can email the show at music at rpgfan.com. You can email me direct um, for non-music things at mike at rpgfan.com. Um, what is the best way for everyone to reach all of you, uh, starting with Patrick? Um, also, um, you can email me. It's pgan, G-A-N-N at rpgfan.com you can also find me on twitter i'm pretty active over there it is at gameadactyl that's the word game the letter o and dactyl all right and geo um you can find me on the discord the rpg fan discord i'm just geo on there and you can also email me at geo at rpgfan.com right and how about you, Tyler? Um, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Cosmos Chaos. Those are Xeno character names. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I think you would actually like those games. In fact, I bet you'd like them enough that you should even start a podcast about them. Ah, but I did. It is called Xeno Chat, and you can see it on Twitter, at, or it's on Spotify and whatnot. And I think we actually have like two episodes on Xeno Music, so... Uh, listen if you guys want to. Thank you. Yeah. See, I was I was trying to encourage you to plug your show because I'm. I'm glad I you thought about that. it and then I was like, I, I didn't want to like you know I don't want to be tacky about it. So I'm sorry. It's not tacky. It's a thing you do. Plug, plug it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all have our side things, so that one's like perfectly relevant for this. So. Oh, well, thank you. You know, like the podcast app that I use, like it gives you like a like a Spotify wrap kind of thing every uh-huh. end of the year and Xenochat showed up 
It's like on my top five most listened to podcasts. <gasps> yeah. Oh, very my nice. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, I'll send you a screenshot. Oh, thank you. <laughs> prove it. Um, yeah, you need to prove yeah. it. Prove <laughs> yes. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, along with Rhythm Encounter, RPG Fan also has two other shows um, besides Zeno Chat, which is not an RPG Fan show. Like when you're done listening to us <laughs> and Zeno Chat. Also, also you should check out uh, RPG Fan's Random Encounter, which posts every other Monday opposite Rhythm Encounter. And on there we talk about you know current news, reviews, features on the site, and whatever else is relevant. You know. If there's a Nintendo Direct by the time the next Random Encounter airs, then I'm sure we'll be talking about that, too. Um, and then our our most popular show that most people know about uh, is Retro Encounter. That posts every week on Thursdays. And uh, as this episode of Rhythm Encounter goes up, we're actually right between a couple episodes of Retro Encounter about Star Tropics. Uh, a few of us are playing both Star Tropics games, so we're doing one episode on each. And uh, that... That is going to be fun. We're actually recording this fairly far in advance, so I haven't even started, and I have not played Star Tropics 2. Zoda's Revenge. Zoda's Revenge since whenever it came out in, like, 19, you know, 94 or whatever. So that's going to be yeah, an like experience. Yeah, like one of the last NES games. Mm-hmm. It sure was. So, yeah, that's what's coming up. So check out our other podcast. You can find RPG Fan on most social media at RPGFan.com. Uh, you can find us on there, on Twitch. Uh, Scott is always streaming something on Twitch, so check that out as well. And if you like the show and want to support us, uh, be sure to review us or subscribe or you know give us feedback on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen. We would appreciate the support. And that's it, except for our bonus track. So uh, all of us kind of sort of conspired and just said, like, you know, hey, Tyler, like, we all like these games, but we we think you're the biggest fan here uh, because you are the one that has your own podcast about the series. So you should be the one picking the bonus track. So what are we closing out with? All right. So come on, I Pied chose... Piper. <laughs> no Pied Piper this time. <laughs> Ow. Um, but uh, I chose a track from Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and that is The Weight of Life by Yasunori Mitsuda and Kenji Hiramatsu. Ah, fantastic. We did get a Chronicles 3 song in here. And it's got Mitsuda, so full circle. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, we're going to close out with The Weight of Life. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, all of you guys, for being here. And uh, we'll see you in the next one.
You want to animal noise me back in, Mike? I mean, I'm fine if you want to animal, animal noise yourself. Oh, you know I animal noise myself every night. Oh my god. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> can, can we use that for the intro? Can we use this that? This, I mean, that's, that's up to Jono. Oh, uh, that, was, that was spicy. I, I imagine it might appear that one of the outtakes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little NSFW, a little spicy for y'all there. <laughs> right. But just vague enough that it's not technically dirty, unless you that's decide right. to take. If you take it there to that place, that's really on you. Yeah, like that's we all on did. the listener. That's yeah. right. That's right.